Hi, today is February 25th, 2024. I'm Tara Gasawa, and this is Mobius Podcast 499. And I'm really, really, really happy to have a bunch of friends on with me, including Jack Cook, who hasn't been on in, ooh, maybe six, seven, eight months. It's been a while, Jack. It's good yeah. to hear from you. It has been. I just haven't been able to, to catch me. When you sent me the note the other day, I said, I don't care. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> we were having lunch with my son. And I said, goodbye. I got to go upstairs to the computer. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to do that. I'm sorry. All right. Priorities. All right. And also, of course, the good Dr. John Westfall mm-hmm. and our good friend Don Sorcinelli. Did I do it right again? There's the good Italian pronunciation. I've learned I've been pronouncing Dan's uh, Diane Don's surname incorrectly for 20 years. No, no. Apparently his first name as well. He's now Dan. (laughs) He's decided to switch it up just to be a little bit different. Don't worry, Todd. It's the the Sorcinelli is the Americanized version of it, which is what I've gone by for so many years. <laughs> I actually saw somebody the other day. We met face to face for the first time. We had talked virtually. And when I walked up, he's Italian and he immediately said Sorcinelli to me. And I'm like, only another Italian American would do that. <laughs> Well, th- thank you for saying that, Don. And and just so you know, I pronounce my surname incorrectly also. So <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I don't pronounce it Japanese style because um, it'd just be too hard for everybody else. What um, is it? What is that? Tell me. Say it. Ogasawara. There's no hard R. Ogasawara. Yeah, it's, it's a soft R. It's sort just, of unique. As a quick side note, that same person that pronounced my name appropriately also said... Yes. Leave it to an Italian-American to use his nickname for his vanity plate. Because I've always gone by source. I grew up with source. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, gee whiz. Okay, so here we go. Got a couple of of things I I, I found over the last couple of days, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So just chime in. Uh, The first one is I read that, uh, and I read it on Microsoft.com, so I assume it's true, that that. OneNote is supposed to have a copilot built into it, you know, without any additional charge. I can't see it. Anybody else see it? No, but mine maybe because I, I, I've loaded Office 2019. You know, I had a hard copy of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that so, might be it. That definitely. So I'm yeah. looking through OneNote right now, but of course I'm on a Mac, and so I'm kind of a second-class citizen for OneNote. Yeah, of course there's 75 different versions of OneNote these days. So <laughs> yeah, and so I I was working. I don't on, know where it would be. Microsoft has possible deniability on all of this because we don't know where to expect to even see some of these features. That are <laughs> right, now. right, and I have a picture of where. It, well, maybe I don't have a picture of where it should be, but any rate. Um, it's, I looked, I I used the windows 11 PC just to be safe. And I looked in both the web UI and edge. And I also looked at the, uh, you know, the native app, presumably the native app. I don't know which one, because I think there are multiple OneNote native apps now, uh, but whichever one I launched didn't have it. So I'm still waiting to see, uh, if, uh, and I rebooted and, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Oh, I just lost something. Oh, that's all right. I'll, I'll add it in later. Alrighty, um, I, I skipped over something that I really wanted to talk to you guys about first, and that is I read on Tom's Hardware that they had a very, you know, a very positive sounding byline, subject line saying, your Windows update may not require reboot. Hot patching is reportedly coming to Windows 11 shortly. Okay, here's my problem. I distinctly remember sitting in a conference room in Denver, Colorado in 1999 1999, I want to reiterate that date, Nine, 25 years ago, Yeah. with the, I think it was the program manager or director for the then unreleased Windows 2000, I don't even remember the code name, and he proudly told a bunch about, I don't know, about 100, 120 people in there, Windows 2000 will not require a reboot after a Windows update, and we cheered so loud, you know, you would think somebody, our favorite team won the Super Bowl. <laughs> And here it is in 2024, and I am still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> what what he neglected to tell you was that it didn't automatically just instantly force a reboot upon you. Uh, <laughs> it would sit there and wait for you. <laughs> <is that laughs> it took a few years until they found a way to say, 
hmm, maybe after a certain amount of time, we are going to force you when you go to shut down to, to basically apply the updates. Yeah, I got to tell you, Linux doesn't make me reboot after an update. Oh. Except for kernel update, except for that. Yeah, I was just about to say, there are yeah. some, and also certain critical files, they'll, yeah. they'll recommend it. Right. But generally speaking, I don't right. reboot. You know, exactly. I had Linux servers up for like, I don't know, a year or two without a reboot until it was first for a kernel update. But uh, yeah. So Tom, this know. might come as a surprise to you, but Microsoft yes. lies. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I really, you know, I don't want you to, to be too upset thinking that it's personal, but I think it's just like, like a pathological thing. Well, you well, also can't believe them about any product name because that will change as well. <laughs> John, just to be fair, they stretching the truth or being vague and leaving out certain caveats doesn't necessarily. It's a if you want to call it a lie of omission, that's okay. Yeah, I'll call it that. Uh, I mean, I was also. I mean, the, so I do like when Microsoft goes out of their way not to lie. Uh, for whatever reason, because occasionally they really feel like it's a hill to die on. I remember when I got my MCSC in the late 90s, it was, this never expires. And then when they decided to make them expire, they said, well, you know what? You're still an MCSC on Windows 2000. Yes. And yeah, so we'll just oh. rename this. We'll just elongate a little bit, but we're not lying to you. It never expired. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know what hills Microsoft decides to die on, but when they do, they find humorous ways to, to die on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was before our time, but there was also that time where they uh, completely did away with the MVP program and then brought it back the next day because there was such a brouhaha. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that may have been before my time. I can't remember. Um, like in the 90s. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember when that, that happened. I wasn't one, but I remember it was enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, on tangent, I saw a posting by a very early MVP, like one, the first crop of MVPs in the early mid 90s. And I found out an old acquaintance of mine was actually the instigator for the MVP program to be created. And oh. I remember, yeah. And I remember running into him in Costco, you know, Center of High Technology. Uh, back in the mid '90s, he was proudly telling me about the MVP program, and you know they had had their first summit. I think it was in Orlando, and um, and I had no idea what he was talking about, but it sounded cool. <laughs> you know? Well, it's 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 interesting because it brings up another subject that's actually been going on. It doesn't relate to to mobile necessarily, but the the sudden once again the sudden changes in, for lack of a better term, companies obliterating communities or more importantly, community experts. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. with Broadcom, everybody's been concerned about how badly they're treating partners. Oh, they're yeah. also treating some of their experts terribly as well. What does uh, that mean though? What, I mean, well, you mean they're I'll give you an example. I'll yeah. give you an example. Um, somebody who has been considered a VMware expert, on their end user computing for years. And I will personally vouch for him running one of the greatest websites as an expert for anything, never mind uh, okay. end user computing. Um, basically, was out of nowhere just, no, we're not renewing you this year for it. And it's not like his, what he says has got old. If anything, he's remained what, cutting edge. What is it uh, they're renewing? Is it like an MVP program? Yeah, it's a similar thing. You, you typically have, and I'm trying to remember, I know one of the, uh, at least some of the classifications in the old VMware were referred to as V experts. Ah, um, like but they, they've yeah. done it. Uh, my understanding is, and fortunately, because I don't have to deal with it anymore, Citrix has been doing the same recently. Uh -huh. you know, and, it's, and, and the best response I saw from some, to this gentleman uh, when he posted about it uh, on LinkedIn was somebody turned around and said, don't worry, they haven't destroyed the community. They've destroyed their relationship with the community. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still an expert in everybody's minds and you will always be regarded as one. You know, but it's I find it fascinating from time to time how how companies want so badly to have a a closer relationship 
and to yeah. recognize those. And then the next day, turn around and go, for whatever reason, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And then they well, wonder me- why people get alienated. Yeah. You know? Well, it seems like Broadcom has been doing that to all of their VMware <laughs> partners or whatever. They're an equal opportunity offender at this point. Right. Uh, they, they've managed to to offend and alienate their partners. Uh, I think they've jacked up their prices like double digits yep. too. Yeah, no, they've um, uh, basically they, they've told, including their longest standing partners, that all the previous agreements – from VMware are null and void and you have to reapply and there'll be a whole new structure to everything. And you've got, as a matter of fact, you've been seeing, if you haven't seen, um, Microsoft sure as heck is, is marketing (laughs) to move off of, off of VMware for virtualization because you know, you're, you're getting hosed. Yeah. You know, and big it will partners a different are jumping, way, but it's fine. And <laughs> yeah, big partners are jumping ship because of yeah. it too. I, I I have to I have to say, in all fairness, that you know, back when I handled enterprise licensing and stuff, um, not that I'm an expert at, it. I had a person who was an expert, but you know, I was responsible for signing off. Microsoft during the pandemic was one of the few big companies I worked with that helped me hold the line on the budget. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were like, eh, you know, whatever. You don't like the price? Too bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it, it, you know, <clears throat> uh, lately it seems that everything, I, I feel like at times that, you know, and it's, it's always been this way to a certain extent, but I think we're at peak money grab in so many ways oh the last few years on things. I mean, you look at whether it be, like I said, you know, an acquisition or, or, or a merger, and then suddenly to using that as Broadcom yeah. has, or, <laughs> A new technology <laughs> lately, you know, what's the next big thing? And let's everybody jump on that hype machine and try to make a buck mm-hmm. off of it. So you know, I'll integrate something that pretends to be like it and then charge you 10 times more for it. So going, uh, going, it's just crazy. Going back to Copilot, since I kind of skipped the fir- the big one, <laughs> the one that was irritating me the most, the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to one note, the other thing that I can see and I have tried is if you go to copilot.microsoft.com, there's a new tab, not a tab, a new click icon on the upper left, I think, that says notebook. And it's kind of like, what would you call it? Like a sandbox where you can type in stuff in series yeah. and or just put in a whole bunch of text and have it analyze it and work with it. I yep. put in, um, what did I put in? Oh, I put in some notes from a mini PC I've been reviewing. And said, hey, write a summary based on my, you know, just my bullet points, really. And it did a pretty good job. Although, for some reason, it put a picture of a LG smartphone <laughs> as a thumbnail. <laughs> well, is it an old Windows mobile LG smartphone? Because it knows you too well, if that's the case. <laughs> well, interesting enough, when you sent the invite, I had not used Copilot. I okay. had no interest in using uh, AI. But yeah. When I open up my on, on my uh, on my phone, uh, I use when you know all of uh, all Microsoft apps. Um, You're right. And then when I open up the start menu, I don't know if you guys can see this. At, yeah, I at, can see it at the bottom of the screen. Yep, I uh, see it about about right there where I'm, there's a Copilot button. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was reading your you know your thoughts on it, and so I clicked on it. I was impressed. I knew nothing about it, and I had—I—I I forget which what you know what I had said, but I said, "Can you give me information on or something? You know, can you write me a couple of paragraphs on?" And what a job it did! It, right, so much so that I'm going to play with it. Now. Yeah, <laughs> Jack, just be well, just be sure it isn't stealing somebody else's work on what it asked you to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. The other one to, that you might want to try, Jack, is Google's um, Gemini. Yeah, really. And, and uh, you know, just for la- you know, I, you might. Uh, or I don't know if you haven't been following Jack, but recently, in the last couple of days, maybe last week, all of well, a lot of the AIs have been having some some like mental health issues. <laughs> some have started lying, and some have start some stopped working because I don't know they're like depressed. I'll, I'll leave it to John to diagnose that and, 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 and you know, and hallucinate and all kinds of things. So I said, well, if it's going to just make up stuff, I wanted to write a synopsis for K-drama for me. 
<laughs> and, and so I, I sent I, I typed in something like a write write the synopsis for a Korean drama that involves time travel, revenge, and redemption. And by golly, it did a pretty good job of writing a plot line. Wow! Wow! <clears throat> oh, it's and and I used it just this week because I my brain was putting from other things, and I was trying to do something. Um, to to break out a single row in Excel into multiple yeah. rows because one of the cells had multiple values in it and I wanted to break it into an individual each into and I said well do it for me because I've got access to pandas I said do it for me you know in a new workbook in um, do it for me in uh, Python yeah and it thought for a minute. And I gave it enough information because I gave what the columns were in the existing spreadsheet, where the, and it wrote a really solid because immediately my first fear from my, from my, you know, my history with this kind of stuff was that, oh dear Lord, it's probably written something that'll corrupt something, (laughs) but it nailed, it actually nailed. And it wasn't tiny. You know, it, it took, uh, you know, a couple of functions to do it and a couple of calls from one function into another, but it did the job and fantastic. And what I gave it was so very specific that I know for a fact that just didn't go out on the web and, and hit, st- you know, stack overflow and find a code bit from there. You know, I don't know, the, I don't know if you can see this or not. But you I can have, see it. Try Gemini. Yep. Yeah. As you were talking about it, and you said you should try Gemini, it popped up on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I may have to try Gemini too. Uh, um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's funny though because you know I just happened to find it related to what Don was saying, or Dan as we call him now. <laughs> what Don Sorcinelli was telling us uh, years ago, and this is this is before. Probably before Don and John's time, but Jack and I might. I who? who? What? Don? <laughs> <laughs> is is you know I found a book. I think it's called uh, Computer Games in Basic. And because in the 1970s, the way you would play a computer game is you would get the source code from a book or someplace, yeah. and or a friend's printout, and you would type it in. <laughs> Letter by letter yeah, into uh-huh. your computer of choice and and try to run it. And the interesting was thing was it didn't run sometimes or the run the way you wanted it to. And so you would have to dig into the source code and you know rewrite it or fix the bugs or find your own bug during your typing. And that was how a lot of us learned to program. That's right. Was typing in these games and making them run. Because sometimes, you know, like I said, you'd have a typo, it was just wrong, or something wasn't quite right, it wasn't for the right platform. I, you know, I think I think kids, and basically kids is anybody younger than me. That, so that would include you, Don, and John. So kids these days, um, I think they're just going to use Bard and and Gemini. I'm mean, not Bard, Gemini, and Copilot and ChatGPT just to learn programming. Say, well, I told. I think I told you in a previous episode what I told my son when he was taking his first programming class, and he said to me, "Oh yeah, some of the guys are using Bard." you know, and chat GPT to, to, to do some of the code work. And I said, yeah. uh, before they go any further, have them <laughs> type in, what is a code review? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> because it, yeah, like I said, it, especially, I mean, it's getting better by the day, uh, yeah. but Although, I mean, I, it's still at times, yeah. I think it just, especially, you know, it comes how much you input into the tool results in how much you get out of yeah. the tool. I'll give, you know, my I'll, example was very detailed. Here's what I need. And as a result, it was very good. And if I had been vague, Lord knows what I would have gotten back. Yeah. It's, and I don't know if this was the, the, the most privacy-centric point of view thing to advise somebody. But somebody to me asked me the other day, hey, you know, or was just telling me, not asking me, to tell me, geez, I need to, I need to create like an executive summary based on my two-page resume. Um, and for for the few of our fives of listeners who don't know what executive bio is, it's basically you take your resume and you crunch it into a paragraph. Yeah. Uh, so that if you provide like a um, proposal or something, instead of providing a whole full resume, just give a backgrounder. Mm-hmm. And so I told the person, 
just copy and paste. Your, your resumes are generally public information, right? Everybody sees them um, yeah. outside of you. And so I said, copy and paste it into, you know, your AI of choice and just tell it, summarize it. And it did. It was produces just a beautiful one paragraph summary. Can I tell you one of my, and it's funny that you say, bring that up because one of my pet peeves at this point is certain tasks. And this is where the integration into the office products or the Google workspace products is important. Because if I try to, for example, if I've got a transcript from a, from a meeting I had and I wanted to summer, have it summarized using the tools themselves typically have a character limit. (laughs) And when you're trying to pull a, just a straight speech to text um, transcription. And I will say uh, teams, for example, does a great job of that. If you, you have the licensing and you use it, Um, but you try and cut and paste that in and it's like, Nope, too many words. Um, So, so it's, I, again, it's it's great to be detailed as much as possible, but there are still those limits that drive okay. me crazy, so, and it's that 2,000-character 2, limit kind of thing that drives me nuts at times. I'm going to do something. I'm going to uh, stop the recording, and then we'll pause for a minute because John has apparently been dropped. I still see him in Adobe Podcast, but he says he's been dropped from his side. And, Jack, just an FYI. Um, one of the shortcomings of Adobe Podcast, which is currently about Adobe Podcast Studio, which is currently in beta, is if somebody drops out or is not in a um, a session that's in recording, that's in, in session, they can't rejoin. So I'm going to stop. So this will just blend it in? Um, hang on. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. So we are back. Um, I was creating an AI example that then I think interrupted my connection. But uh, as Don <laughs> was talking about code review, I asked Copilot in PowerPoint to create a PowerPoint on code review. Yeah. Uh, and this is sort of a, a thing I thought was kind of sealing the deal because I thought if I was doing a presentation and I have this prompt, this would save me about 10 out of 15 minutes of work just to have a starting point. <laughs> Obviously, you must tweak. But take a look at what it created in the chat. And uh, that see, was all from that one prompt. See, I, and, you know, that's where the usefulness is right now in so many cases. Wow. That for, for all the, for all the it, it can do everything <laughs> and replace every job that's ever been created. The, the thing it's doing so well that I'm finding so useful is the what would take me X number of minutes or hours is taking me a fraction of that. I still have to do work, (laughs) whether it be a code review, like you said, or I have to tweak things afterwards. But man, the tedium of of so much of what we do in our day-to-day lives and jobs, if this can expedite at least part of that process, it's worthwhile. You know, and 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 that's why... You know, that was why I thought this is kind of an interesting thing to play around with. Uh, as soon as I bought Copilot, I guess it was Sunday night, I tried this out and asked it to give me a presentation on good academic writing. And yeah. I looked at it and thought, yeah, if I were to do this presentation in one of my college classes, it would take me about 25 minutes to make up the slides. This gave me a 10-minute or 15-minute head start. I'd still have to edit these, adjust them and all that, but I get to jump right into the fun part, in essence, of my job, not the tedious part. Exactly. And I also thought about it with software development. You know, the worst thing, kind of the worst barrier to entry I ever had when writing software was getting everything set up, getting your project up and running, linking files together, importing libraries. It was almost like if you could just drop me in the middle of this where I'm adding a new feature or I'm trying, you know, I'm creating a new class or whatever I'm going to do, that would be fun. But this hour of work to even get to that point is really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, these are the things that I, while everybody's talking about AI in so many different ways, I feel like we're not talking enough about this because we're so either a, Again, back to the money grab. Let's add .ai as a domain to anything and, and start selling it. Uh, as somebody who's in the job searching scenario right now, there have to be more, too many to count, 
sites that are like will create your resume for any application tracking right. system, which are also now promoting themselves as being all AI, you know, and we'll do that. Great. But those are still hit and miss. They're in their early stages because they're so different. But this, this is reducing tedium and, and yeah. just making, and, and, it can do a good job of that today. Those other things are going to get there over you know, time. This will save developers, or at least I don't know how developers work anymore. You know, I haven't like watched one recently, but um, I've watched them over the years. And I, of course, you know, my observe my own behavior and it used to take me 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes an hour, sometimes 60 minutes to get back in a zone after I drop a, you know, a session. And, you know, I come back to it the next day and I'm thinking, you know, and this is the old days, right? So we didn't have like, yeah, you, you know, we didn't have all the tools that are available now to recollect files and all of that. And, and then, and then somebody will interrupt me and I, 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 you know, I'm not prone to violence, but I was just so, so tempted just to punch him in the nose. You know, he just broke well, his own. <laughs> to me today, at, from a development standpoint, small atomic tasks AI is doing a pretty good job. Yeah, writing an entire platform from scratch yeah. <laughs> because that's so, hundreds, if not thousands, of of you know small atomic tasks. It, it's it's not there. Uh, but again, it's you know I like I said, if you're somebody who has to do PowerShell scripting or Python scripting, and you're doing very small focused tasks, as long as you can provide the the engine with a good amount of detail so you need to think about it again that's what ai when you try to be general ai is not that far along to where it can you know really extrapolate and try to figure out but so the example i gave i gave it a ton of information in terms of detail but in english language form and it created a you know created spot on a python script that Time to type and time to think through and how yeah, I want to structure it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so I wanted to ask John, uh, mm -hmm. since, you know, you're the only person I know who actually bought Copilot professional. I think that's what it's called. Uh, what, first, you know, how much did it cost? How easy was it to sign up? And, you know, what have you tried? Well, of course, so since, since they want your money, it's very easy to sign up. So <laughs> two clicks or so. Uh, $20 a month. And... You know, one of the reasons that I also wanted to use it uh, is I've been working on a new business venture and I need to kind of spin up some social media stuff for it. So I've been using it a lot for that. And given the Ooh. hundred boosts it gives you for AI content generation and images, uh, yeah. it was worth it for me to be able to get those images quicker. Oh, interesting. Uh, and so that's what I've been using it for. I'm not sure if I will keep it after a number of you know months, if it's going to be one of those things that keeps you know being in use, but it definitely was uh, interesting to see kind of the integrations in Office and uh, play around John, with those things. John, is that where beapirate.com uh, came about? Well, uh, that domain I've actually owned for about 15, 20 years, and I've just never done anything with it. Uh, but yeah, that is where it is uh, starting to come from is I'm trying to build that out as a small little e-commerce operation. And uh, so I've been building the Facebook page up and the Instagram page up uh, using mostly uh, things from Bing AI, Copilot, and a few other AI sources and just random things that come to my mind. Yeah. So, so yeah. go ahead. When, when you look at that, at, at that web page now uh, on the Facebook page, the picture of the of the bear sitting in the sun on the chair. Did it, did that create that, or did you create that that picture? Uh, that was a prompt uh, that I gave it last night. In fact, if I look up my history, I can probably see exactly what I told it. Uh, I think what I told it last night was that I wanted to. Uh, have a series of unlikely individuals at a uh, yeah. So last night. I had uh, basically, what was it? Yeah, just uh, that prompt was literally illustrate a polar bear at the beach. Wow. And it gave me four options. 
Uh, previous prompt to that was, what would you be unlikely to see at the beach? And that's where Polar Bear came from as, mm. uh, as an idea. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, that was where that one came from. And all the rest of them today that are going to be on that social page are prompt, uh, you know, prompted. And then I just said, okay, show me that. I want to be able to see that and, and go with it. John, based on the current, on the current hype. All I can say is uh, to the listeners, uh, if you get a moment in time, uh, go to beapirate.com <laughs> and just take a look at some of these pictures that were all AI generated. It's B-E-A-P-I-R-A-T-E.com. It's very, very cool. And, and John, based on the on your use of prompting, you are now an AI expert based That's on right. the That's right. Yes. yes. I'm going to put that on my resume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he is a cognitive <laughs> psychologist, so it makes sense. I fully expect yeah. to see that uh, uh, on your LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny, Don, because I mean, and I know you're kind of in an open for work mode. My my daughter spent two months in London. She just got back home a couple weeks ago um, as a recruiter for a company, and she was telling me about some of the resumes she was reading and all that kind. It said, "Well, we'll get into that some other day," but it's it's lots of fun. Yeah. I, I, I don't get me wrong, as frustrating as it can be on my end, uh, I do have empathy to a great extent for recruiters these days in the tech industry, because if you, because if you post any job, you are likely to get <laughs> half the world's population applying to it at this point. And that side of the equation, I, you know, I, I, I kind of get that it, it can be uh, it can be a little overwhelming. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I get it. She also she also spent three months in Tokyo as a recruiter, and um, I can only imagine what that was like with people. You know, maybe sending in resumes that I don't speak Japanese, but I'd like. To- <laughs> well, the, the the best meme I've seen recently is a guy who said he that uh, uh, he couldn't apply for a job that. Uh, required four years of experience in a uh, JavaScript framework, mainly yeah. because it's only been around for one and a half years, and I was the guy <laughs> that invented it. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Uh, it so, really is. My, so, my so, advice and my advice to anybody looking for work in the tech world right now is, man. Your network is everything because the standard application process is just like I feel like a guy sitting in Vegas with a bucket of quarters at a slot machine, <laughs> pumping in and pulling the handle and going. There you go. Uh, application submitted. Application submitted. Rejected. Oh. <laughs> and then the next time, ghosted. You know, it's so, it is. Yeah, yeah. I can. I can. I've been there, done that. Not fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I, it's, I did want to ask. I, go ahead, go ahead, Don. Yeah, no, it is. It's just it is generally crazy right now. Uh, but yeah, rely on your network because uh, that's probably where you're going to get the best leads. It's not going to be coming from culling the uh, the job sites. <laughs> so I was going to ask John, what else have you tried besides uh, creating using Microsoft Copilot Professional for image creation and the PowerPoint slide deck and, and things like that? Uh, Played around a little bit in uh, Word, you know, just asking for sample verbiage on certain things. And no, I haven't actually used any of the, the stuff in Word yet. Tried playing around with it in Excel. It didn't give me too much usefulness in Excel. I don't think they've built out that much Excel uh, Copilot uh, stuff yet. But yeah. overall, it's been a lot of just asking questions and getting images and posting those images and getting ideas and um, those sorts of things. And it's, it's been pretty useful in that regard. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's only a week I've had it. So I will, I'll keep up to date on what we're doing. One of the things I've come to appreciate about these, uh, gen AI products is sort of idea generators is they're non-judgmental, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like you want to put in a stupid idea. I'm game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's it's funny. By the way, John, just so you know, I did the uh, Google Workspace equivalent to what you did mm-hmm. with Copilot with with Gemini because this past week, 
they decided to make it open and price it fairly for oh. Google Workspace, Google Workspace uh, yeah. users down to, and they priced it to match um, Microsoft a month. on the Pro. Yeah. And they yeah. did it with uh, all the way down to Google Workspace uh, for Business Basic. Um, so I decided to take the try that way. And um, I'm finding similar. I mean, it's it's the same thing. I think they're both at the same point. It's great with the tools that are involved with writing um, in, in presentation, you know, with slides and things like that. And it's also good the integration in in uh, in uh, Gmail. Something funny that none of us I think can speak to right now. If you have the full one, I don't know, John. You've got to try this in Outlook. Does uh, does Outlook give you feedback from Copilot on your writing style at all? Um, I'll give you examples of you're being too abrasive or you're being uh you're you're not being polite enough I, i'm just curious i've not gotten that yet but the problem i do have is that most of my emails are written on accounts that do not have copilots so, so that is also a, a hindrance. I, so you have to i've had some personal uh personal conversations with some folks that their their enterprise has enabled it uh, co-pilot uh, on the enterprise side. And in one particular case, um, co-pilot is possibly the most brutal <laughs> critic. No matter how this one person wrote, it always came back as too much of one thing or too much. Either one email was too abrasive and, right. and curt and you could offend the other side. And then the next email was, you're being too enthusiastic. Maybe you should tone it down. down a bit. You know, you know, it's it's interesting because what we really need is, uh, you know, some Gen AI bot to say, "This is the stupidest idea I've ever read. Think about it again." <laughs> when I heard that, when I heard that feedback about one t email was too too curt, another one was too enthusiastic. I said so. Were they using communications to for for language learning? Were they using communications between myself and my mom by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, Don, I just wanted to note that in addition to Google Workspace, you can get the Gemini Pro from Google, but you have to first subscribe to their, you know, if not Workspace, to their Google One premium yeah. which is two terabytes of storage it's 100 bucks a year and then i think you pay 20 bucks a month on top of that right to yeah get, if uh, you're not a if you're not gemini a business pro. user you can get gemini pro but it requires a google one subscription and then a on premium. top of that premium yes the premium subscription and then yeah. on top of that the 20 bucks a month yeah so and yeah. it's a pretty big jump because i currently pay 30 dollars uh, $30 a year for 200 gigabytes and yeah. you know, a couple of benefits. Uh, so I would have to go up to 100 bucks a year, you know, which is yep. more than three times as much just to go. Well, I get more, so a lot more storage and yeah. then $20 a month. So uh, I'm pretty happy with the I will, free stuff. I, 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 at times, folks that are doing a lot of writing, you know, a lot of business, I, I won't say business, but sort of professional stuff, I, yeah. you know, in both cases, whether you want to go Microsoft or whether you want to go uh, Google or ChatGPT, I mean, their business uh, Google's business base uh, uh, business basic for workspace per mailbox is really cheap. Huh. And uh, you know, and the same thing with Microsoft with the 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 business the small business basic, which is what I have. Both of them are like seven bucks a month <laughs> for for a mailbox. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, you can stick your domain to it and then you get you get I mean, then it's more about you if you were looking for really heavy administrative capabilities, eh, not really so much, but you do have more administrative capabilities than you do with like personal yeah. kind of stuff. But um I've had both for a number of years. As a matter of fact, I have four accounts on our uh, in, under Google Workspace for our family. Uh, and especially my younger son lives and dies by it. <laughs> and it's funny because his school in college is Microsoft 365. 
but he's been using for years. He he uses our our Google Workspace domain yeah. for a ton of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot simpler. You know, it's a lot less there yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Jack, you all you all interested in Copilot and Gemini now? The free well, versions, gonna, at least. I'm going to play with them now, just, uh, just to see what. I think you'll I think you'll find it very interesting. I found it very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people naysaying and poo pooing it, and it does have issues. You know, some of them have become racist. Some of them have become um, uh, yeah. just hallucinating and just spewing out nonsense, uh, literal yeah. nonsense. But yeah. generally, they're pretty interesting. I, I once again, I keep on using how many how many things that eventually became very good in their early days. Everybody spouted what they became in ten years that they were there already, and it wasn't the case. And I, my favorite example is always Bluetooth. <laughs> you know, just oh. technology that everybody said was going to solve everything. It was the yeah. magic bullet, and it takes years. Yeah, you know? we we have a mutual. All four, all four of us have a mutual friend. Who <laughs> you, you said the word Bluetooth? His blood pressure would rise about double, and like veins would start bursting, and <laughs> just oh. laughing because he knows who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, there are those things. I mean, how many times in recent history have we seen? And, and even you know, for younger kids, uh, I, I can go back to. Let's see when. As long as you stuck .com on a website and found a way to monetize, you were going to be a billionaire. Then we had yeah. the .com bubble burst. I'm still you waiting know, for that. Technologies that, like Bluetooth that took years. Blockchain yeah. recently. And blockchain was going to solve everything, guys. And anybody yeah. who said they were leveraging the blockchain were suddenly valued at, you know, their valuations went through the roof. And well, as, it's not that blockchain's bad. Yeah, <laughs> people Don, make it yeah, out, you know, you to be the you may not have heard the podcast where uh, years ago, John and I were discussing changing the mobile views podcast to mobile blockchain podcast <laughs> just, to, just to get, you know, ears. Oh, on. No, 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 no. You can't do that before you first change it to conspiracy views. Let's be clear. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I, think, I think there was a food company to change their name to some blockchain thing just to get, you know, it's, clicks. And, and it frustrates me because it, I don't think it, it it retards the growth and evolution of things, but it just sours so many people when instant expectations aren't met, you know, and, and, and in some cases it is, it has, I'm guessing it probably has at least financially hindered the evolution of some technologies. And that's what I worry about with things like AI, you know, people today are claiming it's going, it, today it solves everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Man, Did you see the NVIDIA stock jump last week? Don't, 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 don't solve everything. Did, I mean, yeah. everything is yeah. solved. Yeah, but Don, yeah. did you did you see NVIDIA's stock move last week, late last week? Oh, my Lord, that was crazy. Yeah. That was that just fun? amazing. They, they are now, I think they are now larger than Google in market cap. Yeah, I saw it. Or Facebook, Facebook, they're larger than Facebook. Yeah. unbelievable. And I said, why didn't I think to buy that years back? Oh, yeah. oh or, or you could have done what I did. I, as soon as I heard that the earnings report were going to come out the next day, I said, add a heck with it. And I bought some NVIDIA. <laughs> 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 All right. No, it's... I have to go. Okay. See you, Jack. Right. Sorry to interrupt your lunch. Thank you for Thank joining you, us. And, uh, it was great. We'll talk to you again. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, so speaking... It's yeah, it's nuts. So, so just two two other things I wanted to add, um, and one is uh, you guys probably don't care. Well, you guys probably don't care because I don't think you're Chromebook users. But I never noticed this. Chrome, Google itself has an article on blog.google about why Chromebook keyboards have lowercase keycaps, and I never noticed it until I saw the article. And then I said, "Well, what does everybody else have?" And so I'm looking at my MacBook. Oh yeah, it's all uppercase. Everybody has Chromebook yeah. is lowercase. Um, yep. which I thought was interesting. So I, I'll put a link to that, uh, why Chromebook keyboards have lowercase letters. Uh, and the last thing I wanted, to, unless you guys have more stuff, is... Uh, I, 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 the only thing I want to say to that is yeah. uh, my first thought years, I remember years ago I, with a Pixel book, I saw that yeah. and I, my first thought was what, similar. Why? Uh, and then I thought, ah, oh, just to be different. I didn't <laughs> notice it. Right at all. Moved on. Mm -hmm. 
The only thing I noticed is it didn't have a caps lock key. It had a you know a yep. search key, which now they call the everything key. The yep. last, I was actually last two things, but last thing in our show notes I wanted to mention uh, to get your thoughts. So there's there was like rumors flying all over the place that Google was going to shut down Gmail in August, and um, and you know hey and you know and you you laughed on but. Google kills so many no, services <laughs> that why not? Why not kill the That was a more plausible uh, hoax than a lot of other ones that have been mm-hmm. out there based on history. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. John, what did you think? You mean, you and I have talked about you know, Google killing stuff we, we enjoy uh, using, and why not? Kill nothing them? lasts forever when it's Google. <laughs> so they, they will kill it eventually. I just don't know when. Could be now, could be 40 years from now. It'll go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I the thing that was a pretty funny uh, meme going around and rumor, and I think it was just believable enough. Which is, you know, years ago I said I was going to start rumors that were just believable enough to see how well they would take off. And my starter one was that, and you can use this at your company or wherever you're at and see if it gets traction. That your chief executive has a bathroom, a dedicated private bathroom in their office with a bidet. <laughs> And that seemed just specific enough and just, you know, and this was pre-pandemic, so that seemed just out of the norm enough. Uh, So, yeah, if you want to have a a fun time, just try to create these things that are just on the edge of believability and see what you can get to take traction. (laughs) That's that's the key is, again, back to how plausible is the hoax. It It doesn't have to be completely implausible, but just that little sliver that makes you go, Right. It's possible. <laughs> well, you know, as you all know, as the you know, the co-founders of the mythical uh, Conspiracy Views podcast, <laughs> that's what makes a good conspiracy. Yep. You know, just that yep. bit of reality. Is it, well, you know, that, the bit see that. of reality and the seduction of you now know something other people, yes. don't, people know. don't know. Yes. Those yes. are the two keys. And so... I could tell you the third key, but you have to follow me on other That's media, right. and I'll tell you that one. <laughs> right. uh, only the special few will know that <laughs> third key. Uh, but yes, it's quite interesting how we, uh, we have come to these situations with conspiracies. Yeah. So, so I, I was telling students today the advice that I heard from you for years and years from different sources, and that was if you're trying to debunk something, know the other side's argument enough to make it better than they can, and then you can rip it down quite easily. Uh, so that's the other fun thing with conspiracies. Know their arguments very well, and then you'll have a lot of fun uh, and a lot of success, confusing them at least. The, the last thing I wanted to mention is not in the show notes, but and because I couldn't use it during the podcast, so I'm holding up for my friends to see. I'm holding a, a webcam it's a 4K webcam, so that's I don't have a 4K webcam, so that was sort of interesting. So I got to recue. It's called a Nisheng. and um, but the interesting thing about it is that well, one, it doesn't work on a hub if you're on a Mac. It works on a hub if you're on a Windows PC, but yeah. So I didn't use it today because I didn't have an extra USB-C port. Um, but the interesting thing is, and I've seen it on higher end stuff. I've never seen it on a personal device. So this is like hundred and twenty dollars, I think. And, uh, eh, you know, thereabouts. And um, you can do gesture control. So you can hold up your hand in various finger configurations and it will zoom in and go wide angle and stuff like that. It's not a lot, but I thought, ah, oh, this is this is very close to magic. <laughs> um, so Except the person on the other side is going, is he good do assigning me? Yeah. He- <laughs> I, until you accidentally create an international incident with your hand signals, <laughs> we're okay. But anyway, I just find it interesting that you know consumer goods now can do things like gesture control, and there is an on-screen uh, what is it called a uh, uh, a on-screen command OSD or on-screen display OSD, so that the other side, if you know if we had been using it, you would see that if I make the finger gestures, it'll tell you it's yep. going to wide view, it's going to you know, yep. standard that sort of thing. Yeah, it's. I think when we the last episode I was on, and we we started talking about uh, things like displays and second displays. I yes. posted on LinkedIn. I that got me thinking about because uh, years ago when I uh, was traveling all the time, it drove me crazy when I would have to go to customer sites where I had a desk and no monitor ah, at it. Yes. And there were guys I worked with that their companies allowed them to expense an external. Right, uh, mobile monitor, and I 
at that time I went and looked at them and I'm like, as, as good as I was doing professionally, I couldn't see myself spending the money. Yeah. I, I, went, and dollars back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I went and looked and I was absolutely floored right? at how inexpensive those have gotten to the point where, and I, especially now when I'm really conscientious, I yeah. said, I'm, I'm taking the the plunge and I ended up getting a, uh, a 15.6 inch. That's really nice and really lightweight and ridiculously low priced compared to what it was even like four years ago. It's crazy. Um, you know, that's why I say it's, it's funny when you talk about the, 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 you know, that kind of webcam. I mean, the webcams alone at 4K just a couple of years ago were all well over $100. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now you've got them with extra features in them, and you know the prices right. continue to drop. Yeah. So, yeah, always be on the lookout. Is <laughs> my my feeling at this point? Anytime somebody brings up something that I'm like, that used to be really expensive. Nowadays, I'm like, oh, let's see what it is today, and I start typing on my keyboard. <laughs> and I should note one thing that still hasn't been fixed is Adobe Podcast Studio's ability to let people re-enter if they get dropped for any reason. So we actually had to stop the podcast in the middle because John got dropped for reasons we don't know and, uh, you know, restart it so that he could rejoin, which is, you know, annoying to everybody, including John, I'm sure. I, I blame AI. That's <laughs> AI's to blame. Yeah. But Jack had to drop off enough. on purpose, but, uh, uh, you know, it was really good to hear from him because if uh, I think this is the first time he's joined us using Adobe podcast yeah. studio as a recording session, uh, yeah. tool, but anywho, uh, so Jack Cook was with us. I'm Tadagasawara, Don Sorcinelli, and uh, I, I'm ne I'm never going to pronounce your name wrong again. I hope, or at least I'm getting it close. And John you'll just Westmore. you'll just call me Dan. Just just and you know, Dan. and now you know John's going to come back to us next week. You know, actually, it's not Westfall. It's Westfall. <laughs> something something something. You know? <laughs> yeah, John's going to come back next week. The news gym. to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Jim you Westfall. know, before mobile order on uh, Starbucks, because I'm J-O-N with no H, I yeah. had just started using my middle name, Ed, and just because that's really hard to screw up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you uh, anyway, I thought I'd get an extra 